3: This is Seacoast Conversation with Mary Beth Parkinson, a public service of Seacoast oldies. Local happenings, local businesses, local newsmakers, all on Seacoast Conversation. Heard each week at this time. Now, Seacoast Conversation.
1: In studio is Mark Erickson, and we are talking about the Exeter Parade coming up and the Exeter Fundraiser. So, Mark, Thanks for being here. And what is going on? What's the fundraiser about?
3: Well, it's, it's all about the Exeter Holiday Parade, which as tradition has it, is always the first Saturday in December. And it's been that way for 60 years now. Wow. So yeah, this is a 60 plus year tradition uh, in Exeter. The theme this year is toys, trains, and candy canes. And we're doing a fundraiser. We did uh, one of these earlier this year, back in May, but don't hold me to that. We did a, uh, a craft fair at Ooh. the Exeter Town Hall. Mm-hmm. And we at that time we had announced that we would be doing a second one, and it was going to be uh, on the uh, the twenty sixth of November, which is Shop Local Saturday, mm-hmm. which is very important. Yes. And the craft fair is almost sold out as far as vendors go. Hmm. There's uh, as of right now there are a few spaces left. They're upstairs, um, but they're very reasonably priced, um, and it's free to the public to come in and, and browse and and uh, look around. The difference between this one and what we did in May is we're we're gonna go to the warehouse and get some of the parade decorations. Nice. And people much, much more talented than I are gonna kind of foo-foo up the stage. Mm-hmm. at the Exeter town hall and we're going to set it up with with some holiday backgrounds and if you want to bring the family in because it's free to come in and browse anyway if you want to bring the family in and go up on the stage and take some pictures we'll we'll have the backgrounds there from uh, some of the holiday parade decorations we'll have the lights turned up for you we're not going to have a photographer or anything you're on your own for that but if you want cell to,
1: phones yep. yeah yeah
3: your cell phone and bring a, a real camera right, that's whatever. probably not a fair characterization because <laughs> cell phones really are real cameras these days but it's free to take some Pictures if you want to take some holiday photos of the family and make a Christmas card out of it, happy to help out.
1: So it's in the vicinity, uh, the craft fair is taking place in Exeter by the bandstand or where?
3: Yes, it's the the historic town hall. Uh, with the downstairs has the stage area, mm-hmm. and we'll have uh, the vendor set up downstairs, and then upstairs, and there is an elevator in the building now. Oh. Um, and uh, the, the upstairs will have uh, some other vendors, we'll have some holiday tunes playing throughout, and uh. And, and maybe, just maybe, one or two holiday characters may show yeah. up. It won't be Santa. Santa's way too busy. But no, yeah. there might be some other characters oh, that uh, will be kicking around. So, yeah, we're, we're hoping to have a good time. The one we did uh, earlier this year was well-attended and well-received. We all uh, enjoyed it. And um, we're kind of looking forward to doing this all again. Mm. And
1: so what type of things can people see they walk in and
3: and is it
1: food is it you know decorations for the tree what what exactly we
3: didn't uh, we didn't have a lot in the way of food we had, uh, we had some wonderful woodworking items oh. um some some ceramics uh we, we had a psychic there um nice. you know i
1: is that going to happen this year? You don't
3: know. Uh, I, I don't have the list of, uh, of vendors because, okay.
1: um, but it'll be I, a lot of fun stuff. Yeah,
3: they don't let me play with money and spreadsheets and, and that sort of <laughs> thing. I'm, I'm the guy in the bandstand that talks. That's yeah. pretty much you know the deal. Um, but, but we had some really fascinating, wonderful people there, both uh, upstairs and downstairs last time. And mm-hmm. I think we've, we've already got uh, uh, some more folks signed up uh, than we did for the first one of these. And we didn't use the stage at all last time. And you know the the thinking was let's do this let's light up the stage let's set it up so people can come in and, and mm-hmm. take some holiday themed pictures and, and nice. have a little bit of fun with it yeah um, there's a new website this year if you want to be a vendor or if you want information about this it's exeter nh holiday Parade.com exeternhholidayparade.com if you want to sign up to be one of the vendors to grab one of those last upstairs spaces uh yeah it's an event thing but you can link to it from exeternhholidayparade.com that has all the information and I will say this Mary Beth we are looking for volunteers through, through COVID, uh, we, we've had some volunteers that uh, have kind of fallen off the radar a little bit. So okay. we're looking for more volunteers. Hmm. If, you, um, if you have any interest in that, again, go to that same website. There's some information there, and there's a Gmail link, so you can send us an email, and uh, we can go from there.
1: And what kind of volunteer jobs are there?
3: there? There's a lot, I will tell you, that happens at the Osram property. Okay. Uh, because that's where the parade stages. So there's, there's a lot of traffic direction, and, and okay. of course, this is happening in the dark. But, yeah, there's a lot of logistics to making the parade an assembled thing mm. as it exits Osram and heads down Portsmouth Avenue.
1: Right, exactly, yeah. So uh, police will be there and, and to help out and direct t- traffic and all that. So what time of day did you say it was?
3: Uh, the Exeter Holiday Parade takes place uh, at, at 530 at night so it'll be Uh, dark so it's it's in the dark which means that everything is is lit Lit up up. and wonderful and beautiful Um, and also in that same vein we are looking for some folks that uh, have some pickup trucks that uh, that can tow some uh, good-sized trailers Mm -hmm. uh, in the parade again from a volunteer standpoint if you want to help out doing something like that you Mm -hmm. get to be in a parade and how cool is that
1: right exactly how long is the parade typically
3: um, well, you know, we're, Depends. like so many things, we're still kind of readjusting from COVID. Mm-hmm. And, and so, but we, I know we have more bands this year than we did last year.
1: Great. Uh, awesome.
3: Because we, uh, last year we did a real parade. Okay. The year prior to that, we did our reverse parade.
1: Which is? Which
3: was... During the the worst COVID, of COVID, yeah. So what we did was we set up a number of displays around the Exeter High School, okay. And we we set up a radio station that may or may not have had an actual license. <laughs> and um, and played Christmas tunes right. and invited people in to turn on the FM radio and drive around and see the displays. And, of course, at the end of all the displays, Santa was there to, to say hi to the kids through the car windows and, and greet everybody. That's very creative. Uh, yeah. it, it was, uh, it was one of it. those... You know, you pivot during COVID exactly. kind of Exactly.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. Um, wow.
3: Unfortunately, it rained like a son of a gun that mm. night. It was still very well attended, <laughs> right. believe it or not. But it was crazy raining mm. that night. Um,
1: well, let's hope for uh, better weather and... Hey, snow's okay. <laughs>
3: it's Christmas. <laughs> it, it makes it festive. It makes it festive. Yeah. So we've got the craft fair November 26th at the Exeter Town Hall. And then the parade itself is December 3rd. And for information, it's exeternhholidayparade.com.
1: How fun. Absolutely. And so have you been to the parade and, and everyone just piles up on the side of the street? Is it? Can you tell me the the route of the actual parade?
3: It uh, leaves the Osserham property. Goes by Foss Motors and just heads down towards Water Street,
1: mm-hmm. makes a
3: right at the light onto Water Street, yeah. comes downtown, goes by the bandstand. Um, the The judging happens sort of earlier in the parade, but we, anyone that wins an award, we stop the parade at the bandstand, which is just kind of cool. You can yeah. be the one to stop the parade. What I kind know. of power trip is that? Um <laughs> And we do the awards there, right in okay. front of the bandstand. Oh, okay. Uh, and and then the parade uh, disassembles down at Swayze Parkway.
1: Oh, perfect. So yeah. it's,
3: uh, it's a great time. It's a good time for the family. We, we do ask that everybody please, please, please hold on to the little ones. You know, mm. there's, there's a lot of time where you're just waiting for the parade to show up right. and a lot of anticipation. Yeah. Um, our friends from Lint Chocolate have, uh, have donated a whole bunch of chocolate. So nice. some of our volunteers are going to be following along on the parade route yeah. and handing candy out on both sides of the parade.
1: Oh, that's nice. That's a nice
3: job to Now, do to they have, throw, right? the,
1: they'll throw the candy, or is it more Well, we, we try to toss
3: it for safety's sake, <laughs> right. but we, we, we have the volunteers much no. closer to the crowd. Yeah, so that makes that sense. That way we don't have any little ones running out into the street. Oh,
1: yes, you're right. Yep, that makes sense. All right. And so um, do you know like what some of the floats and, and some of the uh, participants are, or is it kind of standard with the uh, high school you know band and... Any baton twirlers? I was in the Macy's parade twirling a baton
0: about um, uh, forty
3: years ago. Actually, uh, there's a group from U.N.H. that has not been part of the parade for uh, for a while, um, and they are coming back this year. Uh, as I said, we've been sort of building back since uh, mm. since the, the COVID parade, and and uh, we're going to have more bands this year. the The theme being the uh, toys, trains, and candy canes. We Ooh. kind of let the uh, the folks that are building the floats go with uh, whatever they uh, they they want to do, in line with that theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, at the end of the parade, Santa shows up. Nice, so yeah. The, the whole North Pole trailer thing is is all that's that's just all Santa's business, and, and nobody mm-hmm. messes with Santa.
1: Right, exactly. Any reindeer or not this year?
3: Um uh, well I, that would what be you, up to Santa and the float people. Oh you're right. You're so, right yeah. <laughs> again, I don't have any authority. <laughs> yeah. I just I just talk about the parade. Right, exactly. And speaking of that, it, it will be live streamed on uh, Exeter TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you you search online for Exeter TV or on YouTube or you can access their stream at uh, the Exeter TV page on Facebook. Additionally Comcast customers can see the parade live on Comcast channel 22 and 98 in Exeter or on channels 13 or channel 13 rather in all uh, SAU 16 towns. So it's it's on I think in about eight towns.
1: That's wonderful. And so now what about uh, any of the businesses? will they be it's really up to them it's if,
3: really up to them and hmm. information for a business to to be part of this could be uh, is online at uh, exeter mm-hmm. we could we could take the seacoast oldies oldies disco wagon out there in the parking yeah. lot and have some go. fun with it
1: absolutely yeah <laughs> so any hot chocolate do you think
3: Um, actually, uh, usually just prior to the parade by the bandstand, Mm -hmm. uh, it's the Exeter Chamber, and they sell some hot chocolate usually, Hmm. and I think there's also a a scouting troupe there that does some hot chocolate sales.
1: Oh, that's great. Wonderful. So if you want to slip anything into the hot chocolate, you got to do that on the side. (laughs) Sneaky, but anyway.
3: Well, this is an interesting insight into Mary Beth.
1: (laughs) Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. <laughs> uh, so, anything else you think people should know about the fundraiser coming up? All the proceeds go to the uh, fundraising for the parade.
3: Yeah, the the town provides a, a stipend to the parade, but uh, and again, in a post-COVID world, everything has gotten more expensive, even for these bands. Yes. So, between insurance, the buses, the fuel for the buses, all of those things that we have to pay for, the the prices for the the Marching bands don't show up for free, mm. um, and the prices to do this have all gone up. So, uh, right. hence the the extra fundraising. Uh, we'd love to see everybody on November twenty sixth at the uh, at the Exeter Town Hall. It's from nine a.m. to three p.m. and and if you want to make a donation, ExeterNHHolidayParade.com. dot com. And there's
1: nothing like going to a craft fair and giving someone a gift that is homemade. You know that it's one of the one of a kind. So. It really makes sense to start your Christmas shopping at the craft fair fundraiser. It's,
3: it's one of a kind. It's a shop local Saturday. So you really should be in downtown Exeter anyway. Right. So we're going to be there as well.
1: Okay. Anything else you think uh, people should know?
3: ExeterNHHolidayParade.com.
1: All right. Thank you very much, Mark Erickson.
3: Thank you, Mary Beth.
1: Now we go to our second guest. We are talking with Jocelyn Boucher. She is the founder of Seco School of Spiritual Arts. She's a graduate of Ashford University with a Bachelor of Arts degree in alternative medicine and holistic health. And she is very well known as the North Shore medium. Thank you, Jocelyn, for being here. And tell us a little bit about your backstory and how you came about to
0: be who you are today. Good morning, Mary Beth. Thank you so much for having me today. So my story, you mean as in like how everything started? Yeah. How did you know you had this talent? So I've always known my whole life that I was different. It started probably by the age of two. I I believe like tragedy is what kind of heightened up my sensories. When I was a little girl, there was a tragic accident involving my sister. And um, with that tragedy, it kind of heightened up my senses and with this accident we had to move and we were kind of forced to move into uh, a new building a new apartment building and come to find out the building that we were in used to be an old funeral home so my imaginary friends growing up were actually deceased people spirits that have crossed over and that was still kind of attached to that funeral home you know that space that was there.
1: So you realized that you could communicate with people on the other side and, and didn't realize that not everyone could do that?
0: Well, no. Like my parents growing up, they just thought because of the the tragedy of the accident of losing my older sister, I was pretending that she was still with me. You know, she was my best friend. And just with this, the the loss and the grief, they just figured I was just kind of still pretending she was with me but it wasn't with as I grew older you know with
2: Dot com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions
0: 18+. They realized it wasn't my sister I was trying to communicate with. It was actually people that have had died and it was the previous owners of the funeral home I was actually communicating with him and he was already passed over in spirit. So, you know, through the years growing up, I just had more and more experiences working with spirit and seeing things and it wasn't until my early 20s is when I started developing and um, really looking into my gifts and exploring a little bit more.
1: It seems you are so successful. Tell us about the Seacoast School of Spiritual Arts in Hampton. How did that start?
0: Um, Actually, it kind of started because of COVID. I was um, running a yoga studio, running my practice um, out of one of my offices in Hampton, and obviously everything kind of shut down through the pandemic. And people were bored. They were home. They were home with their children, you know, doing online classes and things like that. So few people that have followed me had said, you know, Jocelyn, you know, you need to teach. You need to teach classes. You need to help people develop their gifts. So I said, okay, why not? So I started putting together just materials over the years I've learned through the different mediums, through the different training. You know, I'm a Reiki practitioner, and I'm also a shamanic practitioner. So I've taken all those years of training and learning. I've been training and learning since my 20s, and I'm in my mid-40s now. So I have over 25 years experience in education behind me. So yeah, a few people are like, Jocelyn, you need to teach, you need to train, you need to share your gifts with the world. So I said, why not? So I put on. Um, all these classes together and started teaching through Zoom and online. And it got up to I believe I had like 65 students. It was just coming right out of the gates. It was pretty crazy. So then I moved to my studio and found a bigger location and still teach online. But now that I have a bigger studio, I've been teaching workshops and classes in studio as well as through Zoom. So you can log into a Zoom classroom, see everybody in the classroom, but also be in studio. And I teach classes from intro to spiritualism, I teach shamanism, Reiki classes. Spiritual development. We do workshops and clearings and working on our spiritual health and well being and just bringing the tools forward that people have been seeking and needing for themselves.
1: Does it help people kind of connect with their own spirit as far as spirit guides or maybe even becoming more intuitive? Is, is that what people are kind of looking for when they say, What do you offer at the Seco School of Spiritual Arts? Yeah.
0: I have found that we are all going through a spiritual awakening. The, the the vibration of the planet is shifting. So I think with the COVID thing it forced us to stay home. It forced us to do mm. play with our children or, you know, work on yard, our yard work and do construction in our house. So we're really busy during the day and we're too busy Trying to make ends meet that we're forgetting about what life is all about and why we're actually here. And it's to build relationships and communities and in love. And I found that through this whole pandemic, something shifted in people. So now they're trying to learn more about themselves. And people don't realize that most of us are very empathic. And um, we feel the different pains and traumas of the world, but we don't know how to channel channel it. We don't know how to deal with it. Or even release it. So these classes is basically going within, realizing what gifts you have. It's about self discovery, um, self care, self love, and really looking into your imprint, like what your purpose here is. What are the pains and traumas that you have to work through? It's like working through that baggage that we keep carrying through, whether it's lifetimes or years. So it's a lot of self-discovery, self-reflection, and healing and mending the soul piece. And bringing us to a, you know, a more altered state of consciousness. So these classes is to help us with our spiritual awakening, ground us, help us feel more centered and balanced and just live more of a, just be more mindful of Mm -hmm. life. Is meditation important? Meditation is extremely important because you think about all the tabs open that we have in our head all day long. I got to do this. I got to do that. I forgot this. I forgot that. So meditation is quieting the mind, unplugging from the collective and going within to bring that balance, to bring that peace so you're not so energetically charged all the time.
1: Do you feel or or can you get a sense of the future regarding the pandemic and its eventual end someday?
0: (laughs) So this is a conversation that people have with me all the time. Like, Jocelyn, what's your insight on all of this? You know, then people try to get into the politics side of it and and things like that. I just feel like it's going to probably stay. It's just going to be part of life. And we adjust and change accordingly. You know, we just have to kind of be mindful of other people's spaces now,
1: you mentioned travel. How does that factor into everything you do? Do you, you offer travel tours? And tell us more about that. So I,
0: <laughs> people joke all the time that I'm a gypsy, and I, I'm sure I was a gypsy in a previous life. So my travel, so obviously I have my practice in Hampton. I meet pe- with people privately for healing sessions, for readings. I teach classes, So another thing I had wanted to incorporate in my practice is sacred travel. So I have a a business partner that I work with with these travel events. A lot of it has to do with, again, spiritual awakening and finding peace and bringing healing. We're going to, I'm doing Savannah, Georgia, doing Fort Lauderdale, I'm doing Montana, I'm doing Tobago, and then I have a big Egypt trip planned for February of next year, Greece, Scotland, Ireland. So these trips are to to bring people like I, I, I talked about and I spoke about um, unplugging from the collective. So these retreats is all inclusive, you know, besides airfare, but you get all your meals included, you get your healings, I work with you one on one regarding what issues that you need to to work on, let go or self reflection. So I actually am there as a practitioner as a holistic doctor to to help you through whatever you're you're dealing with on a larger scale so it's not just like an appointment in my office so you're there with me for a week working on your soul pieces releasing trauma you know and just unplugging and just doing something for yourself. So these spiritual retreats are very successful. I have a great time doing them. It it is work, it's also pleasure, and you know, it gives a chance for people to see the world in a safe environment without just going out on their own and not knowing who to connect with, where to stay, and they've been a huge success, and I'm really fortunate to be able to also offer this in my practice.
1: Do people seek you out to help them deal with a sudden loss? Whether it's suicide or sudden death, heart attack or, or whatever. So um, through a friend of a friend, it's my understanding that they went through a few went to a few grief counselors, and when they went to you, there was such a, a feeling of, of comfort that you gave. So tell us more about how you counsel people with sudden loss and, and trauma and grief.
0: Well, most people know my story, losing my sister in a very tragic accident. And a few years later, I lost my father, you know, and I've lost mostly everybody in my family. So I've experienced grief, I've experienced trauma, I've experienced loss. So I think that's what's really important when you know, people sit with me that I've experienced what they're going through. And so people come to see me, well, it it was a couple, I don't want to say a couple years ago, but I was I would say when I started practicing about 15 years ago professionally, it was the normal things like Alzheimer's, dementia, cancers, maybe a car accident here and there. But I found the last few years it's been mostly suicides and, you know, tragic accidents and overdoses, things like that. And I mentioned about how everybody's kind of going through like the spiritual awakening and the vibration of the planet is changing. Um, We are all really, really empathic. So when you're going through a spiritual awakening, the things that have been kind of dormant in our system come to the surface, and that's where I'm finding where a lot of the self medications coming in, numbing that you know those sensories because of they just can't handle the changes or the energy. So I've found that a lot of people lately, mothers that have lost children, suicides that have coming forward really traumatic experiences. So when they come to me, they're looking for peace. I have found that these people are experiencing what's called soul loss or soul displacement. And soul loss is when a piece of your essence dies during loss, trauma, grief, or even an accident. So I mean, Western medicine can only do so much for people, whether it's prescription medicine or prescription drugs, that is to put a Band-Aid on those bullet holes and mask the problem. Myself, as a shamanic practitioner, I I go in there and actually work with your soul, your soul piece, bringing that essence back, not just filling that hole with a Band-Aid, bringing sovereignty back, bringing your light back. I think this is what people need, not just band-aids anymore. So I found that there's a lot of people coming in looking for healing, you know, during this these tragic events, and I'm finding that I'm crossing a lot of beings over. Like I said, you know, 15 years ago, it was natural causes, you know, more so, but now it's like these energies are getting stuck because there's no natural process to death like a suicide or a drug overdose. They don't realize they're dead. You know, they have a, you know, they're having a hard time processing it. So people are coming in to help their past loved ones transition, you know, so we can all be together once we pass on.
1: And so do you think that the whole drug problem with, um, you know, young adults getting involved in drugs is, has that changed? Is it worse now or
0: better or what I mean, we've always had a, a drug problem, you know, and drugs will always be available to people. But yeah, to answer your question, I've haven't seen the the drug use like I have in these in the past, you know, four or five, six years, like I do now. So it's definitely have gotten worse. Um, the drugs are harder, you know, and they don't know what's in them. And I find that it's kind of like playing Russian roulette when you're taken the substance and you know and then i'm here on the I'm that bridge to help the people transition into the light but i'm also that conduit for spirit as well as that healing space for the people that have lost their loved ones mm-hmm. because of this so explain what an evidential psychic
1: medium is which you are what what does that mean
0: oh that's all time uh, sorts of different language for medium. So, people confuse me with the psychic. So, a psychic is somebody that taps into someone's energetic field and reads that blueprint, the images, the events. It's all kind of stuck in your aura, your energetic field. And I like to tell people that I'm not necessarily a psychic because free will can change the future, right? It's it's I I like to use the language potential. If you stay on this path, if you keep doing what you're doing, this is what's going to, this is what it looks like on the other side. And then you have medium, so a medium, a spiritual medium is somebody that communicates their messengers, right? So you can have a psychic, you can have a medium, or you can have a psychic medium. So I'm both. A psychic medium is when I get Psychic messages from the past loved ones. So it's more evidential. Instead of looking at someone's aura and reading them and saying, okay, you're switching jobs, you know, next six months, if your mom is coming forward through spirit and say, oh my God, I can tell her, I say, congratulations, there's a job change in the next four months, you know, that's a little bit more evidential to me than just me reading someone's blueprint or their aura. So that's how I, I kind of label or look at psychic mediums. But the evidential piece is when I'm meeting with somebody, for instance, I had a woman coming up from the South. She was just in town for a weekend. As I'm sitting there communicating with her, my radio that was off started becoming very staticky and her mother's voice was coming through the speaker and talking to us and answering the questions. So that's evidential, physical mediumship. Mm -hmm. And I've had another incident where I was at a spirit party, a home party, and there was a gentleman in spirit that was died of alcoholism. He hadn't fully transitioned yet. He wanted to talk to his son, but his his son was outside in the garage and the son would not come in because he didn't believe in any of this. They just want to communicate. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what it is. So you have this Mm -hmm. psychic. It's more like the card reader. You find somebody at a fair or at the beach. A medium is a messenger. But the psychic mediumship is when they communicate with your loved ones, and your loved ones are giving us insight of what's to come. Yeah, all my readings are different. It all depends on the spirit, to be honest with you. I'm just like the conduit. I'm just the straw. I'm just the bridge. I'm just the messenger. So if there's a spirit that has passed on, it all it all depends on their vibration if they're a high vibration the message comes in clearer so it's kind of like an am fm radio mm-hmm. so the stronger the spirit the stronger the message the stronger the evidence not everything's guaranteed if you're coming in to sit with me i tell people straight out like come up with an open heart open mind and you're whatever you're supposed to receive today you will and i can't pick and choose who comes in
3: You've been listening to Seacoast Conversation with Mary Beth Parkinson, a public
2: service of Seacoast Oldies. Tune in again next week at this same time for Seacoast Conversation. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?